everybody. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grim Curriculum Extra Credit. Yeah, so we are doing episode number one of, I guess, the all brand new show um, where we're going to keep things a little more candid and we've got like a whole bunch of exciting stuff that we want to do with this. Yeah, this Um, is kind of our casual side of things and all of the stuff that we feel like we end up having to cut out of our episodes or just things that we want to talk about that won't necessarily make full episodes and also some really, really fantastic interviews as well. Yeah, so um, obviously you guys will get to hear today's interview in just a minute here, Um, but we have some really, really cool people lined up that is all within the realm of the grim curriculum sort of topics. Um, What else? Yeah, we've got experts lined up. We have all sorts of fantastic people. We've been working on this behind the scenes for months now. And we've been just dying to talk about it with you guys. So personally, I'm just excited that we can finally say something. Yes. Oh, my God. The amount of times I wanted to be like, oh, my God, you guys are going to love this or whatever. And we've had to kind of keep it under our hats. So we're super, super stoked to kind of have just, yeah, like a little more like open format where we have just conversations about stuff rather than like sticking to like an episode itinerary kind of thing. Yeah, because we're usually very on script. Yeah, and and that's just because um, I tend to like run off on tangents and stuff. (laughs) And this is going to be a show full of tangents. Yeah, because some of you guys have been like, yeah, we want to hear more from you. So we thought this would be a good way to do it. And then bring some really cool other content to you guys too, so... You know, it's been a year of doing this. We started off as like basically strangers and we've gotten to know each other and I legitimately enjoy your company. I love talking with you. Oh, likewise. Right? Like we finally get to just like sit down and chat and like I kind of picture this like being all of us just gathered together talking about weird shit and enjoying ourselves. Yeah, and like some of the episodes might be a little longer if we keep it going. Some of them might be a little shorter. Like it'll depend on the what we're doing that week as well. Oh, I guess also we should tell them um, how often this is going to be happening as yes, well. Yes, every second Wednesday, friends. Yes, so not as often as the OG Grim curriculum, but uh, just a little sprinkle. And it'll be, yeah, every second Wednesday. So you kind of get a little bit of like midweek... I don't know, grip curriculum stuff to get you by to the weekend. Get your fix, yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll be introducing uh, today's interviewee here very shortly, so. Yes, we are going to be starting our interview with Tracy, who I have to say ahead of time, we are so, so thankful for her company and for her coming by, and we legitimately hope you guys enjoy this, because one of my favorite episodes that we have ever done was our Haunted Doll series. I, yes. I love haunted dolls, I love hauntings, haunted items, and I am so, so, so excited because I think all of you going into this, including Charlotte and I, Mm-hmm are gonna like we expected something completely different from what this interview was in a really wonderful way and i'm so excited for all of you to hear it because i'm 
thrilled for this just kind of new perspective on this and I you're gonna love it yes yes and we'll get into it right away here so uh we hope you enjoy everybody So tonight we are interviewing Tracy, and Tracy is a content creator, paranormal investigator, cosplayer, collector of haunted dolls, and like 50 billion other things. So welcome, Tracy. (laughs) Yes, welcome. Thank you for allowing us to interview you. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stoked. I can't wait to talk about all this stuff. There's honestly, there's so much of what you do that fascinates me and I am just so excited for this. So with all of that said, uh, let's start kind of with the dolls themselves. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got your first doll and how you got into all of this? Well, for me, it was really that I kind of grew up in a really active household. We had um, just it was really haunted house that had doppelganger activity, uh, residual activity, and I was pretty much used to it. So throughout my house, like we all had experiences and I spent a lot of my childhood helping friends and helping family friends with their own hauntings to really understand what was going on. So this was like an extension of that. I, in all honesty, I'll be fully transparent. I did some great content last year that got a good payout and I was right before my birthday and I just thought, it'd be fun to choose something new. So I was browsing around Etsy and eBay and I fell in love with this doll named Candy. Oh uh, she kind of has this very Alice in Wonderland vibe. She is somebody who's really positive but sassy and it was like an impulse buy. So when she arrived, she pretty much just oozed all this positive love energy, but in the most attitude way possible. And I think the biggest part that made me fall in love is she actually helped us deal with we had a doll that I didn't know was haunted in the house and it was kind of causing some trouble around the house because it liked to play a lot of pranks, especially on my mother since it was in her room. And Candy was the one who pointed it out to us. Uh, She started sending a lot of messages to do with this doll. It was an inherited doll from my grandmother's house and it was a doll that was pretending to be my cat. So it would show up kind of while we were all in our locked bedrooms walking all over us. And Candy is not a fan of like mean hearted jokes. So she was the first to pretty much point this out. And once we moved it out, it stopped. And that was when I was like, this is great. I love them. They've become our little protectors. I have about 15 vessels now and a bunch of non-vessels. It's crazy to me because I mean I I feel like often there's a sort of a negative association with what like haunted dolls and it's interesting that you said she had a really positive kind of energy to her oh my gosh I think that a lot of that comes from movies I think people really were fear driven and a lot of Hollywood a lot of these people who do investigation tv shows for clicks and even a lot of people you see online They're really trying to drive in that fear-driven response to get their views, to get that popularity. And I get a lot of people asking that, like, am I afraid of my dolls? Am I ever afraid they're going to do something bad? Me, personally, my belief is there's no such thing as an evil doll. I think that a lot of it is just fear-driven responses to things they're doing. Some of them just like to play pranks that we don't love. Right. I guess in in that way, it's almost kind of like the whole like how people are scared of clowns and stuff. You know, it started off as a very like innocent, fun thing. And then over time, like you say, movies and stuff have kind of warped the perception of it. Yeah. And then you have things like 
Annabelle and stuff like that and the Warrens who pretty much made a killing off of that kind of stuff and a lot of it was just money making and it worked it worked I get so many people who know all of these famous Hollywood movies about evil dolls and (laughs) Chucky and all of that right I'm like it's fiction it really is and I was like when you look at it at the end of the day this is gonna be like a quick tangent for two seconds but at the end of the day a lot of what we see as evil is either Hollywood driven or driven by the bias of whoever was controlling the narrative and a lot of times you'll see that things like these dolls or other beings or other kind of entities were pretty much marked evil by people who didn't understand new cultures or other people's cultures that came from around the world. So Mm. I think that's a big part of it. And I try to really educate as much as I can, especially with my followers who ask about this, exactly where I stand on that. And also just to let them know there's nothing to be afraid of. Do you know how many people will comment to TikTok like, I do not claim this, that I'm like, no one asked you to, honey. <laughs> Very true. I don't know what you're trying to fucking claim, bro. No. Yeah, it's a free app. You can scroll away if you're <laughs> yeah, not you interested. This is oh, I promise you saying you don't claim this does not mean my doll is gonna go to your house and be like, oh, oh, you didn't claim me. Sorry. Like, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the line in the sand. Yeah. It's also important to realize that they don't all stay in the dolls all the time. These are usually chosen vessels that they're attached to, but like candy leaves and hangs out around the house without her vessel a lot of them do that a lot of them are not really in it all the time they choose to be there it's not like they were forced i think the misconception people have is that these spirits were forced to be in a doll and it's definitely not that they can do whatever they want they can even leave the vessel or choose another vessel or just never be around the vessel or follow you as a person it's really just they liked it they were attracted to it and they choose to hang around it well I mean, I guess in a sense, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of this stuff is stuff that I've just picked up from like horror movies and stuff like that, but they seem to move around and stuff in the movies too. So I guess it makes sense. Now, there's something that a lot of people are probably pretty curious about. Can you tell us about like the vetting process when you're looking at buying a doll or when someone is advertising them? Because we took some time, one of our first few episodes we did a haunted dolls countdown and one of the things that we looked at was like all of the dolls that you can get on etsy so how do you know that it's a legitimate doll versus just someone saying something is haunted so they can charge a bunch of extra money for it oh my gosh there's so many people who do that so that is something to really be wary of i think my way is pretty basic for one i will dig through reviews for days on days on days just to see where they stand with the people who are shopping there. But also I'm in a lot of communities online and I'm going to tell you right now, the community of people who are selling is not huge. You come across the same people who either run separate shops or team up for separate shops. So we all get to kind of know each other and you can see their highs, their lows, the drama, the, the highs where they had great reviews. Like you'll see a lot of people talking to each other about it. So you get a good idea of who is, really trustworthy who isn't but I also tend to go the route where I pick vessels that I personally like because if they don't pass these like tests I have at home I got a cute doll like I can't be mad I got a cute doll so I honestly that's kind of how I see it where it's like you know what I try to pick ones that personally it's like this is gonna be cute this is really nice to have um when they do get home I do kind of like a month of different testings 
every doll is different in how they like to communicate. And I really don't like to force anything. There's a lot of people who think they can force it or they'll be really demanding or like they'll start doing just like I've seen things on Etsy, like boost the doll's ability to talk. And it's like, that's not it's like a machine that's like a battery. It's like, that's not going to do anything. Mm. <laughs> I even got them to show people what they look like and how they interact. And I think that I try to use a few different ways where uh, I do a lot of tarot readings with them, EMF spirit boxes, uh, pendulums, touch activated toys. I have a few gadgets from ghost hunting shops that I let them try. And I give them a couple of weeks to really see which ones they tend to like the most. Each of them do tend to have their own favorites. Um, I also try to be really wary that if sometimes they won't interact for a little while and sometimes they'll be really active. I have some that'll spend a week throwing raves while I'm trying to sleep with their toys <laughs> and then they'll disappear for like two weeks and then come back. So it's like, it takes a lot of energy from them. I try to not be really forceful. Some of them like when my cats are nearby, some of them like when I have guests over. So it's really trying to figure out how they're comfortable communicating. And if they don't communicate, I try to just not force it and again it's a cute doll you really can't go wrong when you just like how it looks fair enough but yeah 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 it is the internet you got to be wary there are people who are going to just throw a number on and give it a name and say this is the great great grandmother of so-and-so so like you just really have to be paying attention to who's shopping there what they're saying what the groups are saying when you're investigating throughout like the community i like right. that it looks like there's a lot of respect involved in all of this Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, I've seen a lot of people who start collecting who I think one of my most popular questions is like, how do I make them communicate? My doll hasn't communicated in a week. What do I do? And I always tell them like, this is still an energy of a person. Yeah, it's not I, a Tamagotchi. Nobody, yeah. yeah, like it's not a toy. It's not a video game. It's not something you could turn on and off. And a lot of people think, especially when it comes to now you see on TikTok and content creation, there's a lot of people who think they can just hit an on switch and record. Um, yeah, I think one of the most uh, annoying trends I see is there's a lot of especially haunted doll creators. There's some that are super popular, millions of followers, and you don't notice in the bottom of their hashtags, it says reenactment. Oh. And that means 90% of the videos you're seeing are them just reenacting stuff that they said happened. Well, right. But you don't realize that until you actually dig in their comments or dig in their hashtags or look on their page because... They will then follow up when someone says this looks fake. They'll be like, oh, this is a reenactment. Right, right, Yeah, we right. said so. Yeah, so I try to be really, I know like with me, I will try to catch moments, but I try to not force it. So that's why you don't see them constantly on my page interacting. You'll see sometimes like uh, one of my dolls, Heidi's, really loves uh, period dramas. Like she's obsessed with Bridgerton. <laughs> So I know if we're watching Bridgerton, that's going to be like the best time to catch her interacting because she's obsessed with that show. But it doesn't mean she does it every time. But I I definitely have like videos where I'm like, are you enjoying the show? And she's like going crazy. And when something dramatic happens, she'll start flashing a million toys. Dang, that that's so it's almost like having like s- sort of silent roommates in a way that you've kind of invited into your house. That's <laughs> literally it. Yeah, that's totally. literally it. I think that I treat them all like um like it's like we're a little family, like we're all hanging <laughs> out. We we have TV shows we watch. I have I put on music when I'm not home for them to have on. I have like some they range in age from babies to adults, so sometimes I'll put on cartoons, sometimes I'll put on a drama 
like we're all like roommates but i will say they're not always silent some of them do like to uh like one of them in particular likes to talk in the middle of the night and that one caught me off guard because i didn't know that's what she likes to do but oh, i definitely man. have woken up in the middle of the night to voices and my partner has had the same and i'm like oh my gosh what kind of <laughs> stuff is it like words that you can decipher or do you hear like a mumbling I'm usually just waking up so <laughs> i usually have no idea what's going on because i'll just wake up to somebody talking but i don't catch what they're saying oh, it's like a very clear mm. voice that will wake up me and my cats and my cats will be looking around like what was that <laughs> now i don't know if if you're able to answer this but do you have a favorite doll I can go aesthetically. I have a bunch <laughs> of clown dolls I love. I have um, a music box. Uh, her name's Lynn. She's 10 and she's just a cute little clown in a music box. Sometimes she'll play her music on her own, especially if there's pets around. Uh, we have Bailey, who is like a little sitting puppet clown. I have a large, gorgeous Harlequin vessel named Clarabelle. Um, I have a sassy, curly-haired little girl named Henna, who is like the most interesting one because she loves when you're getting dressed and playing dress up and she loves tiktoks she's been she's like specifically been really active when she sees me prepping for tiktoks to just sit there or be involved and uh i think my favorite aesthetically is i have this large knit clown with yarn hair named marie she's probably the most quiet she has um kind of like anxiety she doesn't really interact if there's men around she's very quiet but and she does have a very heavy energy. She can be really anxious, but she's also very sweet. I have her sitting next to another one named Hope, who likes to be kind of a comfort person. So they sit close to each other. I love that. Yeah, Honestly. I think the clown ones are just really cute. So I really love their vessels. But personally, when it comes to their personality, they're all really different. Like I can tell you when doing tarot readings exactly who's speaking because like Dorlin, the unicorn really loves to focus on me being responsible and telling me to stop freaking shopping. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness. I have Ava who's like a two-year-old who will have the most basic, basic, basic of messages where it's usually just feelings where she just wants to say she feels safe. I have Heidi who will just really tell me to work on teas because she loves gardening or she wants flowers. So like everybody has a really distinct personality and I love something about all of them. That's so interesting. I, I'm really enjoying the fact that I have to say I, I came into this expecting I don't know, perhaps the bad stereotype of like more negative activity, but it's really wholesome to hear like how positive it is. There's a lot of people who like even collectors who do believe in that. I think that you'll find some that are specifically who collect only what they consider dark entities, some that mm. only consider dark magic users. For me, the way I see those is just, again, it's a matter of their way of communicating, but also I feel like for me, I, I feel like if you're afraid, if you're expecting certain things, they're going to feed off of that energy. I don't sure. I personally just don't believe in the concept that they're going to be evil or dark. I think that some of them might be frustrated. I know a lot. I've seen people who have taken some on and will immediately lock them in a case and treat them like the devil or something. But mm -hmm. I try to also remind those people who come to me for advice, like, there are witches who work with demons and stuff and they're totally happy and comforted. And I'm like, that's got to say something, right? I was like, that's got to say more about how it's reacting to fear and reacting towards negativity that you already have in your mind and reflecting that off or they're frustrated that you're treating them like this. 
And then it just goes back to respect. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it really goes back to just respect and being there. And I try to really point out, it's like for every dark entity that some people believe, there's another person who thinks that's the most comforting entity in the world. I like that. I, th- I think that's a really good way to look at it because there is something positive about everything. Yeah, and it's kind of the be. same in the real world. Like one person's trash is another treasure. One person's up is another down. It's like one person could look at this and say evil and another person can be like, this is just somebody who gets me because we're both just misunderstood. Yeah, absolutely. That's Definitely. so cool. I love that. In kind of response to the like positive slash negative outlook on everything, do you find that people approach you with any kind of negativity that are like judgmental towards it? Oh, all the time. I think yeah. that one real example is in my own home. I know because of the experiences growing up in my grandmother's house, a lot of people here try to ignore the paranormal as much as possible. They want to just not be involved because we all experienced so much in that house growing up. Um, Even here, we experience stuff, especially around me. I know I can be really sensitive to things. And from that, the people around me will experience things like hearing my voice when I'm not home or like they'll be seeing cats running around that are not there at the moment. So I think that we kind of have this agreement where one, I call them our fairy guardians to make it sound a lot more friendlier. So we all kind of (laughs) see them as our fairy guardian to keep out negativity. Um, And then we had a lot of people on TikTok, you know, you're going to get people who respond to posts with like, go to church, stuff like that. People who just don't want to acknowledge there's other viewpoints and other ideas of good and bad that don't align with theirs. Just like the closed-mindedness, basically. Yeah, for them, it's like if they're there for learning, I will try to educate them as much as possible. But if they're there to just, you know, call them evil, especially because some of them will be sensitive. Some of them are children. So I try to just avoid that and just keep it positive. I've had situations where I've helped people who had friends pass. I'll never forget growing up, I had a situation like that where they asked, I want to see activity in my own home then. I want to see my brother. Mm -hmm. And I think there was one time in particular, I had connected with a 12-year-old kid and that was exactly what was requested. And I said, if I'm going to ask them to do this, don't start calling them evil. Don't start throwing all this fear and hate towards it because you're afraid that's exactly what they did. And he was so hurt after because Aww. he had made himself known. He had started trying to interact and speak. And I got a phone call in the middle of the night by five people. And it was like back in the early 2000s. So, of course, it was one of those group phone calls where we're all on our <laughs> razor flip phones. <laughs> yeah, group call. Yeah. And all these people are like crying to me that something's happening. And I'm like, well, you asked for this. And now you're acting afraid of them and calling them evil. And that's very hurtful, especially to a child who is already stuck in this other place trying to just reach out and then getting rejected terribly yeah Yeah. no kidding i think it's also important to think of the whys there are people who will react negatively because they're like well why would anybody want to stay around that's so depressing and i was thinking about it personally especially dealing and talking to them a lot for me i can definitely see the appeal because there are certain things we're just not going to live to see whether it be space travel like i'm a science freak 
I hate the thought that I will not be able to see certain things in the future because it'll be long past where I'm gone. Sure. And some of them are around for exactly that. Some of them have not experienced women's rights movements. Some of them have not experienced science advancing. Some of them didn't experience a household that was a family. And that's where I have the kids' spirits that I have in their vessels, where they died so young, they didn't get to experience a happy home and watching cartoons and hanging out with pets and having all these figures that care about them. Like we have tv nights i did for christmas we had a gingerbread house where i bought the child spirits upstairs and we made gingerbread houses and watched christmas movies i love love that so it's like a little home for the forgotten like it's actually it's so beautiful because like i think so many people even going into this episode to just listen to it are not expecting to hear stuff like that they're not going to expect to hear stories about love and acceptance and things that are positive they're going to think it's just scary I definitely Mm. try to keep it really positive and give them an experience that maybe they missed out on. And that's what they were waiting for, because I don't I don't subscribe to that idea that we have to help everybody move on. Sometimes they don't want to move on. They just want to experience something and they can decide on their own to move on. I don't believe that we are this we are these super powerful wizards that they need us to push them forward. I believe they can move on anytime they want to. I just think that some of them want to stick around and experience something they didn't get to. Sure. And I mean, that's just like humans in, you know, in the living world in that sense, right? Like, some people um, can't help themselves. And that's, it is what it is, right? And then some are able to kind of ask for a helping hand or whatever you want to call it, right? So it would make sense that in the beyond, whatever that is, that we would behave very similar to the living world. Yeah, I already told um, my partner, I was like, God forbid something ever happens to me, like, grab that Gengar doll. That's me. I want to see science. (laughs) I want to see what's going on in science news. Keep me updated. Because I was like, I know if there's one thing I'm going to hate not being around, it's going to be like space travel and stuff like that. And that's where I say like, it's really easier to relate to them if you don't see them as these like, weird entities that why are they here? How can I help them move on? When you put yourself in their shoes, when I sit and I think, what's something that I know I will not be able to experience in my living life that like, maybe I want to stick around a little bit longer to see if I can experience a little more of it. Mm -hmm. For me, that's education and science. I want to see what's going on in the science world. Absolutely. And I think it's such like, you're coming at it with way more compassion. And like you say, and not being fearful and just being respectful. And like I said, compassionate. I think that is um a kind of a beautiful thing because i feel like we could do that more often anyway is just be a little more understanding (laughs) yeah and even just looking at the kind of needs that people have because it seems like they all have different needs they all have different requirements and it's about figuring out what it is that they need and meeting that Yeah, I have a vessel who is in a ring and her name's Anna and she loves to go to work with me. She just likes to be really involved professionally. I believe she came from a time where she didn't really get to be in charge without having to attach it to a man. So she really loves when I go and bring her with me to work and she gets to see the office space and basically feel like she's a part of it. Or if I'm doing work from home, she likes when she's being worn at that time. So really, they all have different things I really like to be a part of. Hell yeah, that's like women supporting women, and I am for that. Any right, day of the week. absolutely <laughs> into the afterlife and beyond. I love it. Um, since everything has been very positive up to this point, this one, I guess, it's more towards negative things. But 
do you have a line in the sand for strange occurrences? Like, has anything happened where you're like, you know what, that was not very respectful towards me. And I would like you to go now. Yeah, I like I said, I wouldn't call it evil. But I would say the brand of humor didn't vibe with us. And it was the doll that Candy helped us identify. Um, So my grandmother's house, when I say had a lot of activity, the biggest, most active one was this kind of doppelganger energy that liked to pretend to like for me, if it liked you, it would try to comfort you. But if it really wanted to play a prank, it could be really terrifying but it wasn't like it was evil it was its brand of humor was it thought it was funny so there were times where people would be visiting and i remember at the time i think the ring had just come out oh god God. i do i very vividly remember one of my nephew's mothers calling me because it was pretending to be the girl from the ring like sitting under the dining room table or crawling around but for me, it would pretend to be like my brother while he was away at college and wave me goodnight to sleep. And I could very much, I could really remember that. Or it would pretend to be my grandma a lot and trick us into going to fake dinners when my friends were over. It would call my friends across the room and have it follow them. And then my friend would be like, your grandma walked into the back room, disappeared. And then that definitely wasn't your grandma because she was in the kitchen. <gasps> oh so my like, God. we had such, so many experiences with this that we had inherited a doll after my grandmother had passed away and it didn't cross our minds at all. But we suddenly started dealing with what we call the phantom cat. This cat looked just like my cat Miku, who's like a big white cat, but Miku would not be in the room. She, we would lock her out at night so she wouldn't wake us up and she has her own space and like she can go all over but we would feel the cat walking all over us and wake us up in the middle of the night but the one who dealt with it the most was my mother she would see the cat when she would wake up and it would be standing right over her it would hiss at her in the middle of the night she was having nightmares oh my god it was kind of more because my mom gets really scared of those things and i think it just found that funny because it does like to play pranks and it just thought it was funny to see the reaction it was being a bully it was just yeah it was being a bully like it wasn't necessarily evil it was just like it was like having a mischievous child who thought it was really funny when they saw you get scared one time so they kept doing it but that was probably the only time where we were like, we identified what it was. And then I just said like, all right, if we want to stop it, then we could just move it. Cause it's a lot of sentimental value. We didn't want to rehome it or throw it out. So it actually stays in our backyard in the garage Nile. It has like its own spot. But Fair once enough. we moved it out, it stopped. And I was like, well, you see, it was just that. I was like, because it was definitely just the doppelganger that used to really like my grandma. Because for my grandmother, it would just pretend to be her husband who passed away. And it was really nice. And it used to be very nice to me. But it also would get mad if you were gone for a long time from it or if you ignored it. So it would definitely play pranks to get attention. And uh, my mom was definitely an easy target. Oh, no. Well, at least it was fairly handleable kind of thing. You know, it wasn't out for anything too mean. Yeah, like just I said, trying a lot to get of the times, laughs. it's usually just pranks. It's usually nine times out of ten when you see something and you're like, it's being mean. It's probably just finds it funny or wants attention and it knows I can get a rise out of this person if I scare them and then mm. they'll pay attention to me. I think a lot of it is the thing about attention because, you know, who's interacting with them most of the time but us. Right. That's and that makes sense. I mean, they want to be entertained, too. And if it's entertaining for them, they're they're going to keep doing it. Yeah, sure. definitely. With everything that we've talked about today, I am sure a lot of people are listening and their views on dolls may have changed and they might start thinking about maybe getting into collecting them. 
Uh, <laughs> do you have advice for someone who might be interested in this? Potentially me, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I have two really big ones that people don't think about very often, and I really try to stress in my content. The first one being having the consent of everybody in the home. I think I say think of it like this: imagine you invite a new roommate, but you told no one else. Right, that's a really good way to look at it. I like that. I always say like it would suck because now they're going to feel awkward and unwelcomed if the person doesn't want them there. They're going to know it. Like it's like having. You're going to make everybody uncomfortable, basically. I've had people, especially younger people who come to me asking this question and they'll say, like, is there an age limit? Is there this? And I'm like, number one, I know, especially when I was your age, if I said there's an age limit, that's not going to change anything. You're going to do yep, it. Right. But yep. I was like, but if there's one thing I need to point out is make sure before you do it, you just check in with the people that you live with because you're all going to live together and you're essentially inviting a new roommate and they're going to have to deal with them as much as you have to deal with them. Like they're going to have to deal with the people who don't want them there and people who are going to say things about them or people who are going to call them creepy just as much as that person you live with is now going to have to deal with this extra energy because then that goes to my second thing. And that is, this is another energy. I have social anxiety. So I can fully say when I invite a new vessel over, there's a good week period where I will have like really bad anxiety because it's like having a new person around all the time. When you're awake, when you're asleep, you're dealing with a new friend, you're making a new friend that is now just stuck in the room with you. <laughs> so that's one thing people don't really think about, because they think, oh, it's a spirit. It's this. Like, it's another person. And if you're somebody like me, where socializing can be kind of exhausting sometimes, or you have social anxiety, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel there's another person in the room. You're going to feel the same anxiety when they come over you feel when you walk into a room of people you don't know like it's still another person that you have never met and you're gonna feel that and I also say don't mistake that for evil energy I tell a lot of people because they think that anxiety is evil energy and I'm like no do you have anxiety when you meet new people because I do yeah, yeah I can relate to that for sure yeah mm -hmm. I have one doll in particular when she came home she had such a strong energy that you could just clearly feel someone in the room that I had nightmares of her being evil. Oh, wow. I knew I knew it was my anxiety, though, because even in the dreams, she would come through and kind of like be like, it's OK that you're dreaming this like it's fine. And like she understood like this is like you're anxious around me and that's fine. So I remember it took about a week for me to get used to it. And then I started giving that like one week grace period to everyone. Whenever I have a new one come in, I'm like, let me not act on fear. Let me just accept that it's like being around a new person. I'm introducing myself to someone new and that makes me nervous all the time, be it a vessel or a person in front of me. So Fair enough. I always say like, just acknowledge it's a person, acknowledge it's somebody there and that's going to cause anxiety and that's going to cause shyness and that's going to be that awkward stage where you're going to have to learn how to communicate with them. Like it's all the stages that you go with meeting a stranger and trying to make a new friend, except you're kind of just living together already. Like you're just being thrown in with this roommate and you kind of have to just understand them and get to know them so you can be calm because there will be moments like that. Right. I think a lot of people yeah. probably think it's you buy this doll, you put it in a cabinet and then it's a cool thing that you can kind of show people when they come over. But it seems like it's so much more involved than that. Like, it seems like there's 
you're really looking after what they need from you and keeping them happy and keeping them feeling safe. And it's a lot more than just having it in the house and being done with it. Yeah. So a lot of us, we call ourselves spirit keepers because it's kind of like you're you're kind of like the mama of the house. You're taking care of their spaces <laughs> like I rotate their spaces so they're not stuck in the same space. They all have little trinkets that they can call their own so they can feel at home. It's like you have your own stuff. You have your own crystals. You have your own toys. You have your own stuff that you will like. Each of them have their own space. Each of them rotate to be near other vessels at different times. Some of them will come like they're small enough to be tag alongs. I will bring them to museums with me. We, I have a cafe near me where they're used to seeing me occasionally come in with a doll. And the doll will be <laughs> sitting with that. me or my me and my partner while we're having coffee and stuff. And like it's like having a roommate. You're introducing yourself to this new person. You're making friends and you're also responsible for entertaining them. Like <laughs> you're it's another person you're just meeting at that moment. I well, guess dependent on you. Yeah. yeah, I guess my next question kind of off of that would be, um, do you have you ever had it where the dolls haven't gotten along with each other? Or have yes, made each, I was like, thinking that too. <laughs> I've been pretty lucky where I haven't had that happen. I think that there are some that definitely don't hang out as much. Like right. their energies, just they're fine with each other. But I know like um, I have three that hang out a lot and that is Sparrow, Candy and mostly the children like to hang out with them but I know for a fact that like Hope and Heidi who are older like to keep to themselves together like they'll go off on their own because they like to discuss things or hang out or watch their period dramas and watch them together (laughs) while the kids like to play pranks and stuff like that like they they all like to rally around Sparrow because Sparrow likes to play pranks on me where she hides stuff (laughs) and then it'll be like something I was just holding in my hand she'll hide it I'll go crazy looking for it and then I look down and it's like on my lap and I'm like what the hell like (laughs) like they love that so they'll be really attached to that I have like Lynn that music box clown I mentioned really loves to be around the baby spirit I think she kind of took on this big sister role so you can often feel them together and when I say that I kind of just to explain that a little bit is so I have so I'm clairaudient and clairvoyant and I can see and hear a lot and also they're very interactive within my dreams so we kind of have an inner space where oftentimes in dreams I can see who's interacting with each other or even during meditation states um, dreams are how some of them really prefer to communicate like I know uh Dorlin likes to pop up and be like, turn my toys back on. Like if I oh. make, if I turn their toys off because they're lighting it up too much, some of them will like to just pop up in a dream and be like, turn it back on. <laughs> so like I tend to know who's hanging out with who because like during our meditation periods or during dreams, you'll often see them off in the corners together or you'll catch glimpses of them together. Um, you'll see shadows running around. I think right now, one of my most active visually is Bailey. Bailey is about seven years old and does not follow rules as well as the others, <laughs> where we have set spaces where they're allowed to respect the space of the people I live with. But Bailey will sometimes hang out at the bottom of the stairs, which will make a lot of the dogs when they come visit, like stare at her and try to figure out who the hell is this little kid at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, wow. So you'll always know when Bailey's wandering around where she shouldn't because she'll like technically follow the rules by not leaving certain areas, but she'll be like right on the edge where she could check out the puppies. Interesting. She's got a little bit of an attitude. I love that. I like it. So like you definitely can figure out who's who's, who's doing what, where they are and who's hanging out with who. 
It's interesting that, like, the similar energies are sort of, like, drawn to each other, it seems. Yeah, that's definitely how it is here. Like, you can tell, like, uh, Henna is more of, like, a funky type, and she definitely attracts. We have one named Henrietta, who's more of, like, an 18-year-old, wants-to-be kind of funky. So she tags around Henna a lot to see what she's doing. Um, The kids tend to play. I know Anna gets along the most with one of my dolls, Kate because they're both I say they're both wannabe adults where they're both like you know when you're young and you're just like well I can do this yeah like they definitely just exude that energy and they tend to spend a lot of their they like when I'm studying with my magic um when I'm studying my practice they love to both be involved or be around for that I love that so do I now are they all female energies the vessels are that was more of a personal choice for me i prefer to be around more feminine energies especially with dolls like marie who tend to be anxious around masculine energy okay um i do have some that are not in vessels that have been with me like i have a guide that is non-binary that has been with me since childhood and i do have i have one male non-vessel and he he's on his own a lot he likes to hang out with one person and that is a uh, one of my non-vessel ones that likes to work with mediumship specifically who usually helps me with a lot of communication uh he specifically likes to only care when i'm doing candle magic and he's like obsessed with magic so he doesn't really hang out with anybody but the medium bray he kind of just uh keeps to himself where he only cares when i'm doing magic gotcha that's pretty interesting cool. yeah I have to say this this is really unexpected. I am learning so much today. I love it. It really is fascinating and I honestly I love the fact that you've been involved in this for so long. Oh yeah, I think like <laughs> I have way too many stories. I try to go over some of them even in my content because my friends used to always be like you could literally write a book from some of the stuff we've seen go on around you like yeah. I believe it. And what I love about it though is that it's never like just me. A lot of the times growing up, the stories came from the fact that because I'm so used to this stuff, I wouldn't consider a lot of it stories until my friends would be like, that's not normal. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, a lot of the stories also come from their experiences around me. Like there are times where we'd be in school and, you know, what school doesn't have residual energy in it? Oh, and yeah. I can tell you how many times my friends will tell me stories of how they saw like me late to gym class and the heavy doors that required two people to push just open in the middle of the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'm like, okay, I'm going. I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm in, guys. So like, there's so many things. And my favorite part is that I have them there who they're telling me the stuff they saw at my house. And it's like, it's really not just validating, but funny because I get to see it from the eyes of somebody who's was- not as used to it as me. I was just going to say exactly that. It must be extremely validating to be like, hey, it's not just me. Like, I promise you this stuff is happening. Okay, you're like, yeah, so. I think one of my biggest peeves, because I always say, like, I don't consider those stories quite proof because I am somebody where I fully understand skeptics. And I think my biggest pet peeve is when people tell these stories and that's proof of ghost hauntings right. and I'm like these are my personal experiences and I will label it as such but if you're gonna come to me and tell me like you know all these stories that happen and then end it with that's the proof and that's like your show that's your whole segment I'm like well I didn't see anything like I don't know yeah. what's going on I don't Where's know I can't see anything so like they're stories they're my stories but I never try to make them as like this is proof you guys 
Right. Now, speaking of stories, you did tell us one off mic <laughs> that I would love for you to oh, share yes. with our listeners if you are willing. Yeah. So one of my, I call it like my famous story because this is like the most embarrassing time for me. <laughs> but when I was in middle school, being in my grandmother's house, it was very, very common for my friends to come over, especially my girlfriends. And we would experience stuff, especially with the doppelganger around the doppelganger specifically like to pretend to be my grandma around my friends to trick us all like there's so many times where it would call us to dinner and you can tell from how it's moving not quite human that it was not my grandma calling us to dinner oh Oh my god and like (laughs) this was something that was so common that they eventually became just as used to it as i am like they were just like oh oh it's that again i love that they were still down to be like yeah it's fine like tracy has ghosts at her house like it's no not big a big deal yeah it was one of those things where like i had the most space to hang out i had like most of my family was at work so it's like if you wanted to hang out and do stuff like we could go to my place but you're gonna have to deal with like the weird stuff that happens there. <laughs> so i think i was love about it. nine years old and i was like begging for my first boy girl party And I really just, my biggest goal is I just want to invite this one boy I had a crush on and his best friend because my best friend had a crush on that one. I was like, all right, we're going to invite all the girls because they know us and just these two boys because I really had a crush on one. So it was like the lamest version of a party because my grandma had like a basement apartment that was empty that she used for like just hanging out. So it was like she would bring his dominoes and I was like, yay. So everybody comes over. I was super excited. I was like, let's go. They're here. And what do you know, like, not even an hour into the night, we start seeing what looks like because we're all in the living room area and right next to it is the stairs that go upstairs. And we start seeing basically what looks like my grandma running up and down the stairs, except it was just the knees down. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) No. And now we're, it's just going up and down and up and down. So at first we thought it was her bringing pizza again. But then we realized it was just legs running up and down the stairs. Oh, my God. So immediately I remember the girlfriends were like, oh, OK, like that happens sometimes. Just ignore it. The boys <laughs> found my grandma had like a giant, giant Bible in the basement. The boys oh grab it and God. start crying. I'm trying to calm them down because I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, please. No, please don't get scared of my house. Please don't. <laughs> And it became such a shit show because, like, they're crying, they're calling their parents, they're leaving, and that was, like, the my shot ruined because <laughs> oh, of the ghost in my house. And I remember the girls were just, like, trying to call, like, this happens sometimes, it's fine, this is just how it is at Tracy's house, this stuff happens. I love this, this badass girl energy. They're like, what are you so afraid yeah. of? It's yeah, just they were, like, legs. They were so used to it. Like, I can't even remember what was their first experiences with it, but I know, like, at some point, me and my best friend had started our own little, like, ghost hunting moment there because, like, love we it. would experience Fuck so yeah. much. We would have, like, walking, you would see my grandfather in the hallways just watching us. You would see, like, the doppelganger pretending to be my brother who is at college two hours away, like, walking around and waving at you. And we weren't the only ones. There was one room in particular that was just the most active, which was first my brother's room, then my sister's room, and then my room. So we all had experiences in there where my sister would remember, like, the walls looked like they were closing on her. I remember my scariest night ever, and I will never forget it. It was – I had – stop sleeping over there because I was now thinking I was getting older and I didn't want to scare the boys away all the time. I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be the creepy girl all the time. So I stopped staying there a lot. And I remember my mom was like, one more night, just sleep there. It'll be fine. Like, I'll pick you up early in the morning. 
and I hadn't been there in a while. And one thing that I could tell you the doppelganger creature there didn't like is when you weren't there for a while and you kind of just disappeared on it. So it was like the scariest freaking night of my life. I remember trying to sleep and the bed was shaking. It was, I'm allergic to mosquitoes and suddenly it looked like the room was covered in them. So I couldn't even grab the doorknob to leave. It was the longest freaking night of my life. But what made it even creepier was when I got up, I didn't sleep. So I pretty much just like revealed myself from under the covers hiding when my mom came and my grandma was sitting there talking to my mom. She's like, Tracy, what happened last night? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, I saw you walk out of your room and you kind of crawled into bed like when you were a baby and you crawled from like my end of the bed to your end and you just went to sleep under the covers, but you were gone by morning. And my mom's looking at me because that's obviously not like me. I am at this point 14 years old. I have no reason to sneak out of my own bedroom and crawl under the covers in my grandma's bed to go to my old spot. Oh, my God. So my mom's looking at me and I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't leave. I was up that whole night. I was like, I never went to sleep. (gasps) I never even opened the door. And my grandma's like, yeah, like you walked out, you walked into my room, you crawled into bed. I thought maybe you were just like missing being in the bed with me. And then you just left by morning. And I was like, I never left that room, mom. I was like, I did not. And she's like, you don't have, she's like, you don't have to sleep here anymore. She's like, you're good. You're good. <laughs> that was okay. You're good. You don't have to crash here anymore. I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good on that. I'm fine. I, wow. I think that's, that's, uh, that's the most I need here anymore. I was like, that thing doesn't like me anymore. And I don't want to deal with that. No kidding. That's like an abusive ex-boyfriend. Really, though? (laughs) But like we all have experiences. My mother remembers seeing like children playing in the driveway. My brother remembers seeing people in the backyard who weren't there. It's like we all had experiences there. So it was probably exactly why the way I am now where I'm just like not bothered as much by it. And I definitely empathize a lot more with them because I grew up with a lot of things going on that I got to kind of put myself in their shoes from a young age. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, that's kind of the nice thing about the fact that you have been doing this for so long is you you really do understand, like, if they're not happy, there are consequences. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the house, your grandma's house really old? Actually, no, it wasn't. It was not that old. I think only one family lived there before us. But I will say the area where it was, was formerly a swamp area. And there is a theory Uh, that like natural areas like that do hold a lot of energy. Yeah, Um, yeah, I could see that for sure. Absolutely. So like that's one theory there. It was formerly that entire neighborhood was a swamp. It was over water. And so there was a lot. Oh, my I'm just turn on. Sorry. So there was like a lot of energy there in that neighborhood. My house wasn't the only one. I had been to friends' houses there where we had seen things. Like that neighborhood in general had a lot going on. It's like a dream of mine to go back there as an adult, but it was one of those places where like the banks bought them out, sold them. They were all really big houses with big yards, and it was one of those things where they looked out. It was a pretty much a predominantly black area where we all lived and the banks bought them out and kind of like gentrification happened and there's no way you're ever gonna be over there now and I was like man I desperately wish it was like somewhere I could go back and be like hey can I like hang out here for one night Yeah. yeah can I see this place that's pretty cool is is there something that you would like to do to kind of take this further? Like, what are your future plans? Because I know you've done a lot already, but I mean, it's I I honestly I just love what you do and I want to see what you're doing next. I plan to one, keep educating as much as possible. I really like to keep educating people on spirit keeping and haunted vessels and just generally how to deal with hauntings to really promote 
empathizing with them as a way to calm fears. I think one of my biggest things when it comes to educating is trying to lessen the fear so people understand more what's going on and how to deal with it and how to make it stop like bothering you. There's times where I try to remind people that sometimes it's just the attention that makes it active because they just want to see that they're acknowledged. And if you're really, really, really against it, there's ways to just tune that out. Um, I would like to have a bigger collection when I have more space. I think that it would be great to have friends visit and check them out, especially within the paranormal community. Um, I don't want to treat them like an attraction, but I definitely feel like some of them enjoy being in the spotlight more than others. And it would be nice for them to have a guest. I know like Henna would be obsessed with that. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And I really, really want to do more kind of uh, investigation content. I think that my followers for a long time, even before I was on TikTok and I would just talk about these things briefly on like Twitch, they really have always been into the idea of me doing investigations, especially with my perspective on approaching them. So it's it's like I... I'm not afraid of these things. I definitely, like I said, try to approach it with more empathy. And a lot of my followers are interested in seeing content in which I go investigate with my perspective, especially. So I definitely want to try to expand into that and work on that more often, hopefully either be on TikTok or live on Twitch or on YouTube or just, you know, hanging out with people and showing them the clips. Do you have anywhere specific that you're kind of have your eye on that you want to investigate? I have a dream place and it's like standard creepy girl problems because this is also a place I like my dream wedding venue one day Ooh. and that's the Stanley Hotel. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. I, I am don't so obsessed with them. I think it's just the most beautiful freaking place and has so much history and so much going on and so much energy. And I desperately want to investigate there, but I also desperately want to just live my life there. Like I yeah. just want to be there. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be such a cool place to get married, though. That would just be so unique. I also, this one is probably never going to happen because I've never even heard of it being a thought, but I have a love of the Titanic. And my, I I used to go to the Jane (laughs) Hotel a lot for Fashion Week. um, And that's where the survivors went. The survivors stayed at the Jane Hotel when they came to New York. So it became a very famous spot for just that, that like it was where a lot of Titanic survivors were and people supposedly experienced things with the survivors there. Um, I had only been there for Fashion Week. And then, of course, what happens? It randomly closed this year and it's becoming like a private club. So I was like, what can I do to like still kind of just experience that energy and really understand it? And I was like, yo, wouldn't it be so cool if there was like, a boat cruise or something that went by the area of the Titanic that would like just let people hear about the history and the experience while being in that area because I know it's now like completely falling apart and like there's like nothing left of it now yeah yeah it's a piece of history that's escaping that I've always wanted to just investigate something to do with that piece of history because I loved it so much and felt so much for the passengers and so much for the stories and so much for what was going on there but we're, that's one that we're really just losing time there. That ship is almost completely eaten up by the bacteria. The hotel where they stayed is closed. Oh my Actually, god! Actually, you know what, Charlotte? With the timing of this episode being filmed, we can talk about this. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, I know. I'm like trying to like be hush hush. For our 50th episode, we're actually celebrating by doing a four part series on the Titanic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, I'm personally like, that's something that I hold really near and dear to my heart. I've been obsessed with it since I was really young. And uh, I've been looking into kind of different ways that you can see it before it is gone because they're thinking it'll be about another seven years until it's gone yeah. completely. I have a weird deep dive history, you know, like when you deep dive late at night and mine is I'm obsessed with uh, abandoned ship ships and like ship mm-hmm. tragedies. So like I have so much random useless information on the Titanic and a bunch of other abandoned ships oh, yeah. or crash ships and well, ghost ships. So I'm like, oh my God, I would love that. That's for awesome. $250,000, you can be part of a research expedition starting in May. And <laughs> it's uh, an eight day expedition and you get to go down and actually see it. And I'm just I'm like, one of those people where I, I don't love the tourist aspect of it. I feel no, like it's for so a scientific expedition that they're trying yeah, to get as I'm many people down there before time runs out. I'll tell you right now, I ain't no scientist. Oh, they're, <laughs> making, they're making you work. They are making you work. There is oh, okay. no like joy, like, nothing. I'm, a I'm just trying to wave and be like, nope. oh, that's pretty. Like, no, nope. they're making you have to learn how to like write shit down for them and you're oh. doing reports you probably get no credit at all (laughs) no credit yeah they're like yeah don't forget that person yeah you're an unpaid intern (laughs) yeah no i have like my deep dives where i think my partner is sick of every time we happen to be scrolling youtube and i'm like oh a ship documentary oh another abandoned ship and they're like i'm also obsessed with lost hiking expeditions yes (laughs) this is like the weirdest like this is like my weird kind of like oh it's 2 a.m time to research how many people have like died on mount everest and i'm like oh girl like why are you doing this i'm like i know them all yeah that's how this pretty well started (laughs) you're in the company of the right people The amount of time at like an ungodly time of night that I'll just like start adding random topics into like our list of episodes we want to do because I'm just like on Reddit looking at like the same unsolved mysteries thread for the 50th time and loving it. That's how I started like my mini TikTok series where I kind of shifted my content instead of just being like cosplay and stuff was I love to look at the history of places that are allegedly haunted and really stress it's one, alleged, and two, just like what's going on there, who's supposed to be there, what if people experience, and I, this kind of was just one of my extensions of my deep diving. I was like, we're going to go into like haunted vessels, paranormal stuff going on, and like mysteries and stuff like that, where I do quick like 30 second to 60 second clips where I kind of break down but I try to focus on I call it haunted vacations I think one misconception about haunted places is that it always has to be some creepy abandoned like hospital that you have to break into so (laughs) I specifically only cover when it comes to my haunted vacations series places that you can book like places that you can just pay to stay overnight I love it So I try to show like you can visit haunted places and it doesn't have to be the creepy asylum you broke into at 3 a.m. with your friends (laughs) in high school. Like it's accessible if you need it to be. Yeah, yeah, it can be a nice hotel room. Hotel, like you could just be comfortable, go hang out, investigate, and grab a bite in the restaurant. Like it's fine. That does sound a whole lot nicer, though. It definitely does. Yeah, casual hauntings. Yeah, it goes along with how the dolls work, where it's kind of like. I try to remove this idea that it has to be a horror movie every single time, be it with my vessels or with my investigations. I want to show that you can have access to these things and it not be some kind of freaking paranormal activity moment. Like you can just go to a place that has a lot of history and investigate and see what's going on there. And it be a place that you're there legally and that you can just book and you can stay overnight. You can stay several days even. 
or right. like you can get vessels and you can find these communities that have these vessels and see what people are saying and see who you can trust. It's like these are all accessible things. And we're in the age of post MySpace Internet, you know, Tom's Internet. <laughs> yep. We're here in the age of Tom's blessed Internet. You can very easily <laughs> experience these things and learn about these things without breaking the law. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things, though, is definitely something that I think like Charlotte was saying she didn't go into this expecting it to be as positive as it is. And I think that's probably my favorite part about all of this. And my favorite part about what you're doing is that you're really taking something that I think 99% of, you know, the average person out there is going to think is very, very scary or negative or go into it saying, why would you want to do that? But really, it's, it's wholesome. It yeah, is. we're a little fam. Like, honestly, I've got the I've got Lynn, who's currently in the middle of a Totally Spies marathon. <laughs> I love it. Adore We've got, this. like, Bridgerton's coming back, and Heidi, every time there's an add-on, she lights something up because she is excited. And they've been re-binging because we have newer vessels here that haven't seen it. And I'm like, maybe oh you guys God. would like it. We've got... um I have never been so sick of Peppa Pig in my life for Ava. Like, oh my God, I have never seen Peppa Pig before until I got Ava and, oh my God, hours of that stupid show. I feel like uh, you should in- introduce them to Bluey. I feel like if they Aww. like Peppa Pig, they're going to be into Bluey. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know any of these shows. I literally was just Googling children shows and I was oh like, what God. will this child like? And... Oh, she's going to teach you for sure. <laughs> I'm, that's how I got into Bridgerton. I'm not usually into these drama shows, but I was like, you know, maybe she'll like it. And now I'm obsessed. Now I'm freaking hooked. <laughs> I cannot stop watching Bridgerton stuff. And I blame Heidi because at first I was like, oh, I don't love this. This is weird. And now I can't stop watching it. And if you turn it off when she's in the middle of watching, you will know she's not happy about it. Like, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that I live by is that it's always important to surround yourself with a lot of different types of people. Sure. And I feel like you're doing that in (laughs) just a completely different way. I will share like one kind of like personal moment that I'm totally comfortable sharing, but I will say, I think one of the most interesting things I've had happen with them and also with my pets was, um, so I was diagnosed recently with cancer, but I can say within the last few months, I had noticed during my screenings, especially, and as I was waiting for screenings, what pushed me to get it was, one, my cat kept messing with my chest. She kept purring on my chest for like the longest. It was really random because she didn't oh, do wow. that. But I also noticed during my tarot readings, especially with some of the more adult like vessels that I have, I was getting a lot of messages about surgery and like a lot of the tower messages, a lot that like something crazy was going to happen that was not good, but I was going to get through it. And a lot of talk about surgery and it was increasing more and more with more of them, like more of them were sending that message the closer I came to screening and then after screening, it was pretty much all they were saying. And it was one of those moments where I can say it mentally prepared me for the news before I got the news. Because even though I was trying to convince myself no, that's not what this means. They had all made it a point to keep giving messages, especially through our readings, because I do weekly readings with each of them. So they all have a chance to speak and say something. And with that, the messages kept turning to support and lots of mention of surgery, lots of mention of something bad's going to happen and you're going to have to be strong. A lot of we support you, a lot of we're a family moments, like a lot of messages like that kept popping up, which kind of mentally prepared me for that news. And now that I am going through it, I can say it does feel like having a little support system in my home with me. 
every time we talk, they try to stress like, this is hard. You're, you just can't be too hard on yourself. You need to focus. Like there'll be a lot of them. Like Hannah will always tell me, focus on creativity. You're trying to make time for content. Don't push yourself. But like, if you have time, focus on that for a bit. Very much like um, spiritual cheerleaders. Yeah. Oh my God. That's what I call candy. I call candy our welcome party. She's our little cheerleader, especially because she's middle miss positivity. So like, it's definitely one of those moments. I think some of them will be worried. Like I know like the younger ones will give messages where they're kind of worried and they want some reassurance. And I know like Marie, who is just an anxious individual in general, will often be really concerned, but I'll comfort her. So we all become like, it's like telling your family that this is going on. It's like going to your family and saying, I have cancer. And everyone goes into their own like instant, the supportive ones, the worried ones, the children don't sure. know what to do. Yeah. Like, it's like basically that exact same thing. Wow. It seems like you look after them and they're returning the favor. Yeah, yeah. it definitely feels that way. And it is, that's probably like one of the things I didn't expect. Like, of course, no one's going to expect to get cancer but you're also not going to expect for your spirit vessels your spirit family to not only understand that that's happening but try to prepare you and tell you like hey something bad's going to happen there's going to be surgery there's going to be health issues but like we're here we're here for you like that kind of thing I've definitely had um, a couple of relatives that have stories where they've been visited by someone, um, whether it's their dreams or whatever, and thought like, oh my goodness, like um, an uncle of mine had a visit from his mom who had previously passed away and he thought, oh, that's really strange. And he spoke, I I believe, to his uh, sister about it. And she's like, you should make a doctor's appointment because often if someone visits you from the other side, it can be a sign that... um, illness or something is coming your way so like they're trying to give you the heads up definitely and I definitely see that like I think when it comes to them they definitely try to push that message for a few months and it was something that obviously at the time I didn't know the answer but I kept seeing it and I remember mentioning it to like my friends and my partner and I'm like I don't know why every message says surgery I was like I'm not getting a surgery mm. lo and behold yes I am so that's pretty amazing. I really, really think that's but, amazing. Yeah, it definitely stresses that whole like family feeling and just that yeah. whole mutual respect and that they will watch out for you as much as you watch out for them. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And again, that's, I think, completely the opposite of what most people would expect to hear. Yeah, everybody I think... thinks it's going to be Chucky dolls coming at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do know for a fact that our listeners are probably going to have a ton of questions for you. Uh, So if it's all right with you, we would love to give them the opportunity to maybe submit a few more to us and potentially we could have you back on the show again in the near future so we could go over some of those. Absolutely. Like anytime they have questions, they can definitely reach out to you guys. I'm always open to coming back and I love pretty much talking about these things. I love, I say lifting that veil of fear so people can understand that It's a great, it's a responsibility. It's definitely you're a caretaker, but it's also a positive experience if you have that mental space and physical space to keep them, to really give them that care. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just, again, I love that you're spreading that message of positivity too. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? (laughs) Were there any like projects or anything else that you wanted to talk about before we finish up? Yes, by all means, like plug whatever you would love to plug. Um, I guess I could just say, like, if anyone's interested in 
basically cosplay. I do witchy recipes. I do tea magic recipes on my TikTok, like a series of candle magic recipes. I do a lot of like easy to make kind of like anxiety helpers. I even have one that is to help with spirit communication tea. All that can be found on my TikTok along with my dolls and more paranormal content, which is Oh Hey Tracy. And I post the same kind of stuff on my YouTube, which is Oh Hey Tracy. So that's pretty much the main places I post the most. I was going to say Twitch, and then I remember I'm such a bad streamer. I stream like <laughs> once a month, once a year. I was like, wait, why even bother? I'm on like once a year, and then I'm like, see you next year. We'll make Whatever. sure we get all those links posted for everyone, <laughs> just so you guys know where to go for them, too. Yes, go follow Tracy anyway, even if it is only once in a while that she pops <laughs> Catch up Catch out there. that yearly stream. It's a good stream. That, that, and, well, I do have, I added a haunted doll cam, so people who are in my streams do get to see the camera directly directed at some of my dolls. I have um, some of them sit directly behind me, and I try to have the camera rotate which ones we are looking at. That is such a I good idea. It. I love I, it. Yes. Now, we have one final question for you to end the episode off with, and we're going to be asking everyone this question. Mm-hmm. What was the first horror movie that ever gave you nightmares? <laughs> oh, my God. This is such a funny question. I'm a <laughs> wimp. So when I say that, I actually, as much as paranormal stuff does not scare me, I can't even watch five minutes of like a zombie movie without having nightmares. So like I'm a huge wimp. And the first one, like the earliest recollection I have of a horror movie was, remember that boy girl party? That same group decided to go see The Ring. Oh my and I was God. like, I could see it in the theaters. It was our first time going to movies without oh, our parents. Man. And I was like, yeah. When I tell you 20 minutes in when the horses started running off the cliff, I left and hung out in the arcade until our parents picked us up. That is exactly <laughs> like, what done. happened. Nope, nope, nope. Like legitimately the horses, it was 20 minutes. And I only know that because I forced myself afterwards. I was so embarrassed of doing that in front of like my crush and all my friends. I forced myself to watch that movie until I liked it. Like I watched oh it over. Over and over. That's so oh tragic. And Hardcore exposure it therapy. Was like legitimately 20 minutes in, the horses start going. And I, I just picked up my jacket and I was like, meet y'all in the arcade. And I went and played like Daytona 500 oh. for like an hour. You know what? I can respect the fact you were like, you know what? No, there's a hard line in the sand. That was it. Yeah, I am going. I was, yeah, you know when people don't about. expect about me because I have all this going on. But like, I watched five minutes of Shaun of the Dead one. And I had a nightmare of a, a vegetarian zombie making a lettuce sandwich, and I woke up crying. Like I am a, I, love I that. cannot, I, love I cannot that. watch anything even remotely scary or zombies. Oh my god, that's so funny! I love it. That is a fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much for being not only on the show for for being a part of our very first episode too yes i'm so excited no we were honored to have you thank you so much this has been so educational and informative i have to say it's given me a new perspective on the subject for sure me too i love it hang out again love it yeah we can't (laughs) wait to have you back thank you so much of course thanks bye tracy bye Bye. All right, everyone. So that is it for our first interview. We really hope you enjoyed it. Huge shout out to Tracy for taking the time to chat with us. I I really, really enjoyed this.
Yes, yes. And I'm I'm sure we mentioned it before, but I hope, hope that in the future she'll uh, agree to come back on the show again because she has a wealth of knowledge about the craziest stuff. So yeah, and honestly, like, we're both such huge fans of her work. She's just also a fantastic human being, too. So Absolutely. if you have other questions for her, please don't be afraid to reach out to us. Let us know. Email us. Comment on this. And uh, we can definitely set up a second interview if that is what uh, you lovely people want. Yeah, we'll keep um, a couple of Tracy's links down below too so you know where to find her as well so you can go show her some love. Um, I think that's about it for today then. Thanks for listening everyone. This has been The Grim Curriculum. Extra, Extra credit. credit. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>